Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. Here, we believe success is inevitable and everything is possible. On each episode, we get real about the entrepreneurial journey and look at what it means to lean into your intuition, feel in alignment with your business, have coffee with resistance, and trust in abundance. We answer the tough questions. How can we show up authentically in business, with integrity in relationships, deeply seeking in our spiritual practice, and with grace in motherhood and beyond? This podcast celebrates the anti-hustle, healing from toxic productivity, prioritizing rest, and discovering tools that will support both your healing and business growth journeys. Your time and energy are precious resources, so thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift, and your business is thanking you. Get ready to get real, get honest, and keep growing. Hey, and welcome back to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma, and today is a change of pace for us. I know we've gone a little deep into the universe and intuition and all of these like holistic ways to support ourselves, our lives. But what I'm so passionate about and what really keeps me up at night will forever be business. I love business. I love marketing. I love helping people grow their business. And I love helping people share their authentic gifts with the world. And so when I come across other business owners especially in like the advertising, branding, marketing space, I feel like such a kindred connection to the work that we're doing. So this conversation is with Abby McGrew. I'm super excited to introduce you guys. Abby is the founder and creative director of Wayfarer Design Studio, known for their heart-led approach to design. Abby helps thoughtful e-commerce founders to bring their brands to life through visual identity, packaging, and web design. She believes that great branding is more than skin deep and always finds a way to weave deeper meaning into every last detail of her work. So obviously we have very similar missions and have a lot I'm excited to talk to you about. Welcome, Abby. It's so nice to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a long time coming for us. And I was just joking before that for whatever reason, We had to move this episode a few times on my calendar on my part, but I'm such a big believer in timing, and I know that today is just the absolute right time to be talking about everything we're going to share. So I'd love for you to just anchor us a little bit deeper in what you do and who you are, whatever feels important to share before we dive into deep. Yeah, so... I've always wanted to be a designer since I was like 13 years old. Um, I was obsessed with customizing my MySpace page. (laughs) Shows, I guess, how old I am. But yeah, I was just fascinated by how simply like changing the colors or changing the fonts or even changing the layout could like better express who I was to people. I just, that felt so exciting and like fun to me. So I was pretty hooked on design (laughs) at an early age. And yeah, I started my business Wayfarer Design Studio straight out of college. And yeah, it's been over seven years since then. And we've just been so lucky to work with amazing, inspiring founders who we really love working with founders who are 
creating something new. Like they've experienced a problem in their own lives and they said, you know what? There should be a better solution to this, a more thoughtful or just a smarter, simpler solution to this. And I'm just going to figure out how to make it myself. Those are typically the types of founders and, and brands that we love to bring to life because when you're creating something new and different, it can be hard to figure out how to introduce that to the world and really communicate that this is something new and better. And yeah, we just love using design as a, a medium to communicate that to their customers. I feel like we have so many directions in which we could go on this episode because I am just personally such a big fan of design, of color, of aesthetic. Even in my own life, I like to like bring my brand with me. So it's like in the car that I drive and the tattoos that I have, like I'm just constantly excited to like lean into my authentic brand and like how I can express that in every area of my life. And what I find in what you do and what I do, first of all, we've both had our businesses for seven years. And so that means we're also on the entrepreneurial journey in addition to serving these clients that when you describe these founders, it's just like, I see them, you know, it just lights us up to work with these visionaries and it's fun to like have the same dream client, but support them in totally different ways. And the way in which you support clients is something that I can't stress the importance of. And like mainly though, and I will say, because energy is so important. And when my clients love their brand and love their aesthetic and feel deeply connected to it, I'm going to use a client as an example, they're more excited about people going to their website, about people looking them up, and that matters when it comes to marketing. And so for me, the brand and design is for me really more about the client's personal preference rather than marketing. But looking at e-commerce and the stats that you were sharing with me earlier, it's actually influencing way more than just this energy of somebody being excited. Like it's speaking to our future customers. And I would just love to hear, you know, your relationship with branding and how you speak about that from like a results-driven kind of perspective for a second because I really want people to understand like what you do and how it's impacting the products that you're selling. Yeah. So it is funny because we think of branding as it's just a logo, it's just the colors. And yeah, a lot of times, especially for certain types of businesses, it can be really just based on your own personal preferences or your own personality as the founder but yeah, when we get into e-commerce or product-based businesses, my job is is really to get in the mind of the consumer because there is so much about that customer business relationship that really is born through the the branding or, you know, either thrives or dies <laughs> because of the branding. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think good examples. I mean, we all experience the impact of branding as consumers. It's just a lot of times it's very subconscious because if we're walking through a store and we're trying to find deodorant, let's say, <laughs> looking at we're in the deodorant aisle, there are so many different options, right? Naturally, our eye is going to be drawn to certain brands over others. And like, why is that? If we're looking for a deodorant that is 
using natural ingredients. Our eye is naturally going to end up going to the products that use a certain color palette or the logo looks a certain way. So there are so many messages that the design of a product is constantly communicating to us. And subconsciously, we don't even have to read anything about the product yet or pick it up yet. We can just instantly tell that looks like the type of thing that I'm looking for. And it also has a lot to do with just building trust and like making people believe it. You can say, oh, our product does X, Y, and Z. But if the branding isn't using those like subconscious or psychological cues, (laughs) then it might not seem as believable. I think a good example is like Target versus Walmart. Like, why does Target feel so different (laughs) to Walmart? A lot of it is because the branding is really great. And Target specifically chooses products that brand themselves a bit differently, like the the vibe of the products that you find in Target. They just feel different than the ones that you find in Walmart. Target feels a little bit more high quality or like modern or something like Walmart feels more budget friendly, maybe, or like generic, right? And that's, I mean, (laughs) there are so many people who are obsessed with Target, will always want to go to Target over Walmart because of that experience that they feel. And it also like, what does it say about them as a person that they go to Target versus going to Walmart? A hundred percent. I was just having this conversation with my husband because we were basically on a road trip and there was a TJ Maxx. And I got so excited to go into TJ Maxx and he was like, we have a Marshalls like right down the street. And I was like, oh, like, no, I was like, I am a TJ Maxx gal. Like I go off to the side of the road and we'll pull off to a TJ Maxx. Like I am a Target gal. And it was the same thing with Target and Walmart. And he used that comparison. And I think I speak to my clients about this all the time, but I have never thought about it until, well, I've thought about branding and like, especially wine and, you know, just on the shelf, how you make it stand out and labels and all of that kind of stuff. But as far as like the color psychology, I'm so interested in speaking to you more about this because for me, it's about feeling seen and certain brands make us feel seen. And I talk about this from a marketing perspective, for example, like Apple, like Apple is so like people like us do things like this. Like people who use Apple are the creators, the artists, you know, the adventures, and they like paint that in their marketing and in their video content. And you feel like a part of that branding and a part of that community and culture. And it starts with the colors and with the psychology. And I would love for you to share more about this and how you incorporate that into your work with your clients. Yeah, color is incredibly powerful. And when it comes to our clients, we're always asking in the beginning of the branding process, of course, the generic things, you know, how do you want to make people feel? But getting a little bit deeper, like, what's the personality of your brand? If it was a person, how would you describe them? What would be their like main characteristics? Are they funny? Are they clever? Are they smart? Are they quiet? Are they gentle? Are they loud? Like, those types of things. And so, of course, we're going to think about that when we're trying to piece together their color palette. We're also thinking about what are the values that the brand stands for? Is sustainability really important to them or clean ingredients? Because if it is, then 
color is going to be a a really easy way to communicate that. There are different reasons why we might pull in different colors for different reasons. Yeah. But maybe it's something more tied to their personal story. Like we worked with um, a jewelry designer recently. And when she first decided to start the business, she was on vacation in Hawaii and she was really inspired by the ocean. And in her work, you know, that was years and years ago, but in her work, even to this day, she was still pulling lots of inspiration from water, from the ocean, from nature. And so we incorporated blue in her color palette, which aligned with the personality that she wanted the brand to have. But it also had like a subtle nod to when she started the business, which of course is more personal to her. Not everyone's going to know that, but right. Yeah, there are different reasons that we might tie in certain colors, but I think you have to find a good mix of the personality you want the brand to have, the values that you want people to quickly understand that that's something important to you, and also maybe some more personal reasons for for using certain colors. But it's hard and color, there are literally endless options (laughs) of colors out there. It can be so hard sometimes, even as for myself as a designer to narrow down what is the perfect color. But yeah, I think it's really powerful when you find colors that are strategic and not just, you know, the ones that you personally like, which can be hard for founders. A lot of times we worked with a brand and we suggested yellow to be one of their main colors because they were wanting to be very uplifting. They're creating a product that helps with breastfeeding. So a big point for them was to be very uplifting and like encouraging and happy because breastfeeding can be hard. (laughs) And that's what their customer needs is something that feels lighter and more joyful and trying to make breastfeeding not feel like such a heavy burden to to struggle through sometimes. And so we said yellow, yellow is going to be the color to really help communicate that easily and the founder is like, well, I hate yellow. I would never paint. I would never paint a room in my house yellow. <laughs> and we were like, okay, that's fine. But and if you want to go in a different direction, we can. But to us, yellow is going to communicate what you want to say the best. And sometimes we have to let go of the personal preferences a little bit to understand what's going to connect the best with your customers. And in the end, she ended up letting us go with yellow. And now she loves it. Every time I talk to her, she's like, the yellow is so perfect. I want to put it everywhere, (laughs) which is so funny to see her kind of flip-flop that way. That's a good brand story. That is so beautiful. I think what's really landing with me is the intention that you're putting into the colors, like the colors you would think are just like maybe even the easiest part of design, right? Because it's the colors and it's pretty, you know, like that's the color. They never are. (laughs) And what you're saying is just hitting so true. And I think the energy we bring to everything is so important and the intention and like the heart and passion that you're bringing to like how you identify the colors, like that just speaks to, it makes sense that your brands are having these like, crazy success rates when you rebrand with you because it's just even from the color. I mean, we've been talking for 15 minutes about color and I'm like riveted. You know what I mean? Like it's so intentional. And I was just working with a client who was also just so intentional with her rebrand. And 
I was even as a marketer, I'm like, can we just pick the colors already? You know, so I'm kind of on the other side, like trying to get this thing launched. Like nobody's going to not buy because it's like a slightly different shade of whatever, or the font is a slightly, and I'm always looking at my success metric, right? Of getting sales and engagement. And so I want to launch the thing, but she totally proved me wrong and just wrote the most beautiful email to her entire list about the three colors and why she chose them and is like revealing very intentional parts of her rebrand as part of her marketing content throughout the next couple of months. And I'm so moved and people were so moved by the color story and where they came from and why she chose them. And it's like a huge part of the brand. And it's like, taken me aback. And now listening to this, I'm just thinking now about how important color really is. And it's just so subtle and so like almost subconscious that we're not putting as much intention into it if we're not designers maybe, or, you know, things like that and just making these impulse decisions. So I just think it's so beautiful how much intention you're putting into each piece of your work And how that's helping to tell the brand story, because I know that's a big part of what you help people do as well is like create a compelling story. And so the color is like the first step to that. Yeah. And it is hard because there are just so many little decisions when you do everything very intentionally. There are so many little decisions and it can get a bit overwhelming sometimes, I think. But we never want to create something just because it looks good you know, there needs to be more behind it. Because I think when you just, you know, choose something based off of, well, this is what I really like in the moment right now, then you run the risk of a month, five months, a year down the line, it's not going to feel true to you anymore, because it never really was rooted in the story that you really want to tell, or, you know, one of those core values. We're trying to root everything in the things that are really, yeah, deeply rooted in your business and like why you started and what your purpose is, because that's something that's going to be consistent. Of course, your business might evolve a bit over the years. And then, yeah, rebrands and everything, making adjustments might be necessary. But we're trying to create something that isn't just based on trends or what you like in the moment, but is really going to last. And so that's why we try to be so tedious <laughs> about all of those decisions because we really want to make sure that we get it right and set our clients up to to have something that is going to grow with them and not end up feeling unaligned or, or outdated. Totally. And I think that timeless, you know, quality of like what's at the root of this, that's the why doesn't often change. It's the how and it's the what, but like our why is always there. And so I love that that comes from the branding and I've actually never worked with, you know, I don't have a product that's ever needed packaging or I, in my mind, am always thinking like, okay, that's, you know, when I would really work with a brand strategist or designer because it's just so out of my wheelhouse. But even now listening, I feel like I would take like just a color workshop with you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like this is so cool. And I think that as a founder and visionary, it's like a playful way and a light way for authentic expression to come through. And there's intention behind that. And it it really makes a difference. And I also think there's just a lot of noise in the e-commerce space, 
And there's a lot of success in having like everyone has like a side hustle right now. If you're Gen Z, that's the thing. It's like everyone is building something and we get served a lot of content on TikTok and socials about how easy it is to have like an e-commerce brand on like Amazon or Etsy or whatever. And it just looks so easy. And I know it's not. And also I have a dream of having like a successful product that, you know, is just my thing and it's packaged and it's beautiful. And I want to know like, what are some of the qualities that some of your more successful brands from a branding standpoint to a product standpoint to the founder standpoint, like you've worked with so many successful brands that are really working and selling and like making millions. And what do they have in common? Like if you're thinking about creating something, a product, an offering that has like the package, like you really have to commit. It's a big investment. So what do some of these have in common that you see or that you would suggest other people look at? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the story behind the product is really important because like you said, nowadays, there's a new business product popping up feels like every second. And how do you stand out in in an environment like that when, you know, you can so easily get lost in so many other competitors? I think that having a unique story or you don't have to be reinventing the wheel necessarily, but having a story that is uniquely yours around like why you're creating this product, what the experience is that you're coming from that like equipped you to create this product and being able to tell that story pretty quickly, <laughs> I think, <laughs> being very clear on like how to pitch that to people. Just because, yeah, I think, you know, we've worked with people that are in very crowded industries. We've worked with a lot of like jewelry designers and jewelry can be so hard because, you know, what is the super unique benefit to like buying from one jeweler versus another? <laughs> you know, it's all like accessories that we wear to like make us feel more confident. And that's a story that's been told a lot. And so, yeah, finding a way to put your unique spin on it, I think is very important. I don't know if that's a super helpful answer. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I've noticed of all the founders that we've either worked with or talked with. That seems to be, yeah, the thing that helps them capture people's attention more easily. Because that's at the end of the day, that's kind of what you have to do in order to grow. You have to get people's attention and connect with them. And of course, having a product that works well is important too. <laughs> yeah. We're assuming you have a great product. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, if you're listening to this, you have an amazing product or service, but how that translates and how we deliver that to your dream customers and clients, that's where Abby and I really like to play and focus. And so, you know, we just come at it from two different places, but obviously like design and branding and aesthetic is such an important piece of marketing. And I always say, make me feel something. And if you can make me feel something from the colors and the fonts and the feeling that you get when you look at the brand alone, like, you know, those brands for me, it's bathing culture. Like I look at the bathing culture brand, I feel something like the glass bottles, the three colors, the aesthetic, like somebody put so much intention into that. And I really feel when you have a brand that has that kind of intention, you can feel it. And 
you go to the website and sure enough, there's the brand story and you buy into it. And that's how you create loyal and raving fans. And that's what we all want. I just went to the Taylor Swift show and the queen of loyal raving fans, right? Like we can learn a lot from her in terms of marketing and aesthetic. And more than that, the aesthetic was so palpable at this show. It was the Eras tour and every single person there, myself included, my mother-in-law were dressed up like everyone participated in the aesthetic. We were all there for it. And it was so clear what era. Not only does she have a an aesthetic of like just Taylor Swift, but each album mm-hmm. has such a clear aesthetic that it was so obvious who was folklore, who was lover, who was 1989. You just knew instantly the red lipstick, 1989, the heart sunglasses, lover. And it's just boom, boom, boom. And that makes people feel something. And it's a belonging. It's a like feeling seen. And it starts with the aesthetic. And I think that it feels really exciting right now to be in this space. Okay, guys, if this episode with Abby has you rethinking your entire online aesthetic, starting with your colors followed by your fonts, I have you covered. This episode really got me thinking about the message and the way that I want my boldness and my vision to really translate into my digital presence. And I went out and bought a new template. Tonic Sight Shop is my go-to for high converting templates that have the design, aesthetic, copy, everything in one place. They're worth absolutely every penny. And with my code authentic, you can get 15% off anything from a brand new website template. Or if you're just looking to up-level your social media game, I cannot recommend their Canva templates for social enough. I think you get over a hundred templates for posting, promoting, and sharing authentically, leading with that aesthetic that I'm finding more and more love and just mm, goodness leaning into. It's our art. It's how we present ourselves out there in the world. And I can't recommend this product enough. Code authentic, A-U-T-H-E-N-T-I-C at checkout for 15% off at tonicsiteshop.com. Another thing I wanted to ask you about and talk about is AI. Mm. Because especially around advertising, I'm seeing so many tools that we're using ourselves, write copy and help with our ads and, you know, all of this stuff. And I see like more and more AI happening around design and just your take on that because the intention I find and the prompting is the secret to AI. It's just a language-based tool, so it feels like it's conscious. It like feels like it's speaking to us, but it speaks in language, so we understand it. Mm-hmm. And what I find is in my business, I'm like the best one at prompting it. And at the end of the day, I'm going to get the best answers out of it. And so I have found it to be an amazing tool, and also I'm terrified. <laughs> and I want to know your thoughts from the design perspective, because I know these tools are like getting pretty out there and, you know, capable when it comes to creating these types of things for people, but you just can't replace the intention. And I want to know how you feel about that. Yeah. So 
as a designer, I'm not too worried about AI, like taking my job or anything, because you're right, it is all about the prompting. And I mean, I know from our own clients, a lot of times they're coming to us, they kind of know like what styles of logos they like or don't like, but they don't know what their logo should look like. That's why they're coming to us. Right. How do you prompt it? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. So I feel like I've seen a meme go around (laughs) lately where it's like, in order for our clients to use AI to like design their logo, they would have to know what they want first. (laughs) And then it's like, I think we're okay. Because a lot of times they don't know what they want. And that yeah, that's why they come to us. Well, that's the thing. It's so funny. The meme that I love is the Ryan Gosling one from The Notebook. And it's like, what do you want? It's like my client. I don't know. Yeah. And it's just so true. And I think the strategy that you and I have created over our seven years in this business is so unique that that's what people are coming for. It's like they want to work with you. And that's what's irreplaceable. And what makes you authentically you is everything that we're learning about and the intention that you put into it. And I think that's exactly what we're saying is going to be the most supportive thing for our clients as well. Like authenticity wins forever and ever and ever. And that's why it's the name of my company. And I think that's really the intersection at which we're both playing. It's like, how can I help tell the story with copy and content and ads and emails? And then with that, I'm using your branding. Like oftentimes I am met with the branding that my client provides me, right? So they have worked with a branding expert and designer and they just drop in here are my fonts, colors, whatever. And with that, I get to create an experience for somebody. And I find the people that don't have, they're like, oh, here's my colors and stuff, but feel free to change it. I don't like have any attachment to it. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, no, no. Like we need to feel so excited about these because then it's like, I'm using that to set the stage for building out the sales pages and the ads and literally everything stems from those three to four assets, right? Your logo, your icons, a couple cutie little flower assets, or in my case, plants I would want. And I already know if I were to work with a brand expert, like exactly the packaging and colors, like orange and blue. And I think sitting here thinking about it, it's actually like making me excited about our next rebrand because it's something we're talking about. And when you said, what is the personality of your brand? It's loud. And our colors right now are not loud. Mm. And I just had this immediate like, that's funny. Like, we're so loud and so disruptive and radical. And we're like light blue and light peach right now and like neutrals. Mm -hmm. Like, what were we trying to do there? You know? And so I'm just like reflecting a lot on the intention we can bring back into everything we do because it really shows from a marketing and design standpoint that authenticity and like our uniqueness is what's going to like make sure we don't get replaced by AI (laughs) at least in the next year or two Mm -hmm. because it's moving at such a rapid speed. But I really feel that the intention and the prompting is what the humanity is what makes AI as good as it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if people start trying to 
DIY their brand using AI, I think they're going to still face the same struggles that they would face if they were trying to DIY it without, because they're still going to be maybe more likely to try and copy what other people have done before because they can't envision something different. That's like a huge thing that I think is such a a skill set that designers have. We can envision things very easily that non-designers can't. Totally. And so, yeah, just like it's the experience that we have to be able to do our job more quickly than someone who is not trained in our job. There's a famous story. I feel like this kind of applies. There's a famous story of really amazing, well-known designer named Paula Cher. And she redesigned, I think it was the Citibank logo. They were like merging with another company. I'm pretty sure that's the one. But it's a famous story because she redesigned it. She drew it like on a piece of paper in a meeting in like a couple minutes and was like, here, that's the logo. And they paid like a million dollars for that logo. So the fact people go crazy because they're like, how did she... (laughs) She just whipped this up in a couple minutes and got paid that much money. That's insane. But her response was, it took me, you know, like 20 years of experience to be able to do it that quickly and to instantly know this is what you need. So I feel like that's where that with AI, sure, it can generate things for you, but you don't know what you need it to generate in the first place. And working with a design expert they're going to know the right questions to ask or the right elements to include. Yeah, it's that experience and that expertise, the brain power (laughs) that gets you to the final concept and making sure that you are pulling from ideas that are original and not just trying to emulate what someone else has already done. That also might be an issue with AI because it is pulling from, you know, other artists, other examples, right? So what you're getting in the end how original is it? Yeah. That's (laughs) up to you to decide, I guess. Yeah. I think that's such a great answer and a great example because I feel the same way, you know, with marketing. It's like we can charge X, Y, and Z for a sales page or email sequence. And it's like, I can write your email sequence for you in less than an hour because I've been doing this for 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to convert and I like see you and I understand audiences. And so one of my early mentors, and she was so great. I need to tell her how great. And she would say, like, I don't want to hear that this took you so long. Like, I want to hear that it took you an hour and you're outliving your life. Like, it's not impressive to me how long something took you. And that really like, for whatever reason, I thought in order to earn, I have to be working. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to that because I think you just brought up a really important thing as an expert in whatever it is that you're an expert in and charging whatever you charge. And for me, it was a big like moment when I stopped like equating like hourly time to what I did instead did project-based, right? Because regardless of it takes me 10 minutes or 10 hours, you're going to get exactly the same quality of work. And making that decision was so big for me. And I want to know how that's been for you because obviously you're a pro. I work with a mentor who does these like three-hour sessions to find people's word. And she said sometimes she often knows within the first three minutes what their word is. And then it's like, what do we do? 
And yeah, what's your experience like with that? Just also in terms of your own like entrepreneurial journey and what you charge and how you value that. Yeah. So whenever I first started, I did charge hourly because that's what my professor from school told me to do, that that was like the normal thing. And very quickly realized that that did not feel fair (laughs) because if I would get a job done more quickly, then I would get paid less. But it was still great work. It's not like I was just being lazy and, you know, halfway doing it, right? I was doing it right well and doing it faster, which feels like that's more valuable <laughs> since they get get results quicker, right? So yeah, I pretty quickly realized that an hourly rate, while it makes sense and it can be a standard in a lot of areas of the, you know, creative industry. Yeah, it just didn't really feel fair anymore. So we only do project based, you know, like a flat rate for each project, which we estimate based on our years and years of experience. And also we're a business too. We have to pay pay bills. I have employees I have to pay. So yeah, I think that creative work gets downplayed a lot because sometimes it does seem like we just come up with ideas very quickly, but there's so much stuff that you don't see that happens behind the scenes. And every project is different too. There will be some projects where, yeah, in like the very first week of the project, I come up with the idea that's going to be the final logo. I'm just like, this is obvious. This is the one like came to me so easily and, you know, smooth project (laughs) from there on out. But, but then there'll be other like in flow. Yeah. And then there'll be other projects where it doesn't happen like that because we're working with another person and we're trying to like bring blurry, fuzzy idea in our brains to life. And sometimes that can be really hard and, you know, really perfecting it. And yeah, so some things come easily, some things don't. But yeah, it's the years of experience and having so much, I don't know, thousands and thousands of hours of, of practice doing this that allow me to, even if we don't land on the perfect idea right away, because a lot of times it's not perfect the first try. Well, and also design is so subjective, you know, like go on and on and on. So yes, <laughs> having that boundary as well of like, yeah, it's such an interesting process. Designing something for someone. Yeah. Yeah. In the design world, I feel like we often joke about how clients kind of expect us to be mind readers a lot of the time, which is true because we kind of do need to read their minds a little bit, but also not true. We just have to be really skilled communicators. And that's something that I didn't learn. I didn't learn that in school. I didn't realize how important communication was to be a great designer until I started working with clients because not every client is very, sometimes people struggle to give feedback. (laughs) Yeah. And like they don't want to hurt our feelings or they just don't know how to like explain that something feels off or it doesn't feel right. And so that's also part of our skill set is that whenever, if you're trying to, you know, DIY your own logo and it just does not look good and you cannot figure out why it doesn't look good and you can't figure out what to fix about it, we're also very skilled in being able to understand and kind of, you know, we can try to pull that feedback out of you by asking really good questions. And yeah, yeah, being very skilled at understanding, okay, you think that it feels too bold right now. So we can hear a bunch of different ways that we can fix that problem really easily. Yeah, it's, um, 
I do think that you're right in saying that design and like creative work just oftentimes doesn't get the, yeah, the, Mm -hmm. that it needs, you know, I'm like shaking my hand in the air, like my fist, like the, yeah. And it's really, it's powerful work. And I'm just grateful for this conversation because I feel like we have such similar intentions in who we're helping and what we're doing. And it must feel so good to like have put so much time and intention into packaging and branding and like with your clients and then seeing it out there in the world. Like there's nothing I love more than seeing somebody reading the book that I helped launch or, you know, whatever it is. And like, no one will ever know that that was my ad that you clicked on and, and, but it's like my part Mm -hmm. in all of it. And I want to know, like, that's really meaningful to me. Like knowing my clients just like yours are like very intentional, mission-driven, story-driven, and they're people I'm really passionate about supporting. But more than that, I'm passionate about the people that their work is supporting. And so I feel like through the marketing and through the storytelling, I get to help impact, you know, all these people. And it's such a fun role to play Mm -hmm. in all of it. And what I realized we both came back to is like the storytelling, like design is great storytelling and marketing is great storytelling. And so Mm – that's really this intersection. And the more you tell your story and your authentic vision and and vibe, you know, the better people will resonate. So it's just been really fun to like realize that and bring it full circle. And thank you for all of your insights because I think people are just sitting there like thinking about their new color palettes as I am. I really want to take a color workshop. So how can people find you if they're like really moved and I have two friends in mind that are like, I'm going to look her up. I know they're already Googling you. (laughs) Talk to us about all the things. How can we find you? Yeah. So mainly as far as social media goes, mainly active on Instagram. So our handle is at Wayfarer Design Studio. And I'm sure you'll probably link that in the show notes so that people can see how that is spelled. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll put your bio or your website on Insta. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then our website, WayfarerDesignStudio.com. You can do WayfarerDesignStudio.com slash resources. If you want to see, we've created lots of resources for founders and other designers alike. We have some really nice ones on there. We actually have a brand color palette quiz that you can take where you can get matched. You can kind of base it off of, you know, what personality you want your brand to have and the values that you stand for. Are you running ads to that quiz? No, I'm not. (laughs) But it's on Pinterest. It's been our most like popular thing. People always. I would even turn that into a Pinterest ad because of everything we've ever done. We've definitely had it as an ad before, I think, on there. Yeah. Great. Quizzes do the absolute best. And that one, I could, that would just be such a great way to meet you guys because you're so intentional about the branding and color. That's so fun. Well, I'm definitely going to take that. And oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say there's also just on on Instagram. If you go to our Instagram, we've been doing a color story series on there actually, and it's been really popular. <laughs> Instagram, you never know what's going to like hit or not on Instagram nowadays, but it's definitely people just love color. I think people love learning more about color and feel like connected to different colors. So. If you go on there, you can find all the colors that we've done. Basically, we've like broken down. This is what this color is associated with, like what it communicates and like looking at different brands that use that color. So you can really kind of understand, okay, like that makes sense. 
this is what this brand does. Like these are the things that they value or like important to them. Duh. Of course, they're going to use that color. It really helps you recognize that is so cool. the way that color is used out in the world. And then we provide little suggestions of like what you could pair that color with to like add more depth to the brand. So yeah, it's been fun for me to put together. But yeah, I just feel like if you are really interested in the color stuff, definitely check that out. Absolutely. I think this is so fun and I just love your passion about it. So thank you again for being here and for the back and forth and getting us scheduled because I just feel like the timing is exactly right. And it's so nice to know you. Yes. No, this was so, so much fun. I'm glad that we could make it happen. And yeah, thank you for asking great questions too. I I try my best. I try my best. (laughs) I love, I love the pod. So it's a really fun way for me to connect and for all of you listening. This was such a refreshing and like profound episode for me. I'm thinking about color in a whole new way. I wrote down the business of color as our podcast title for this because it's just um, very cool. So I'm excited to hear what you all think. Please leave us a review, write us on social, and until next time, keep growing.